0: Episode 11 of the Press Pass podcast presented by the Press Republican. I'm here, sports editor Joey LaFranco, with staff writers Kara Chapman and Mackenzie Delisle. We're doing quick hits with Mackenzie and Kara. How are we doing, guys? We're
1: good. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Pretty busy today.
0: So what's going on this week?
1: Um, So the first thing I wanted to start off with was the kidnapping of that couple from Moira. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they were later found, but it it was big news um, for a lot of people around here. Scary, scary stuff happening. Um, but they, they did find them safe um, about 75 miles east of Montreal. Um, five people have been arrested um, and connected to the kidnapping. But um, from what I understand, the U.S. and Canadian governments are still working on investigating this. So so there's not a whole lot of information available.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm not surprised when there's something like that big of a kind of story. There's You know there's a lot to go into it, and they're not going to release details until they have everything straightened out so I'm
2: not surprised yeah so um, when we know you guys will know yes (laughs) So pretty much yeah yes
0: hopefully we're just not the last people to know
2: right exactly yeah um and then kind of shifting gears a little bit to some COVID-19 related updates um I believe it was um we received the news last Friday that two more Essex Center residents had passed away from COVID-19 those did not happen last Friday there was a bit of a delay in reporting I guess um the uh, Essex Center had changed up their reporting method, and so then Essex County Health Department then had to square up their numbers with theirs. So we had two new deaths last week, and another was announced earlier this week, so that brings the total to 14 deaths mm-hmm. and um, more than 100 cases associated with the outbreak there. I haven't really heard any new news. Um, this is as of Thursday, so hopefully it stays that way. That's what we always hope whenever we get those updates For in sure. Essex, Center, yes. yeah. Essex County. So. um and then an update on Beekman Town, they were able to reopen their high school, their middle school, and Cumberland Head Elementary on Tuesday because it was actually found that the Beekman Town Middle School teacher who was presumed to be positive actually came back negative. So they had enough staff to reopen, which was very good. And then they actually reopened their um, elementary school where a second grader had tested positive today. So they're back fully operational, looking forward to sports and. A big thing that um, Superintendent Dan Mannix and I spoke about was how this shows that all the various measures they have in place with mask wearing, socially distancing the students, even taking mask breaks, the way that the, the methodology that they're using. It is effective in helping to contain the spread, so they were very happy yeah. about
0: that. I um, so she. It was a false. It was it a false positive, or did she test positive and then proceeded to test negative? after According afterward?
2: to an update, and based on what I uh, heard from Dan Mannix, is um, she tested negative?
0: Okay, so, so it, she was never technically. She was po- never they positive. They don't believe she was ever positive. Then. Yep, and well, that kind of plays good. into
2: a greater conversation that's going on because a big thing that I'm going to be looking more into is how um, whenever a student or, and I believe, a staff member exhibits a certain symptom, whether it's runny nose, fever that's on a particular list, some of those are even allergy symptoms, they have to have a negative test before they can go back to in-person sure. learning. Yeah. So um, that's that kind of figures into a broader conversation I'm going to be looking into, so stay tuned on yeah. that front. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's interesting because I, I just, quick briefly from this, my sports angle, early in the year um, uh, for baseball season... There were a lot of false positives, and it created a lot of controversy. With is this testing reliable? How are we going to actually operate moving forward if the tests aren't reliable? What can we trust moving forward? So that just plays into the narrative of what's kind mm-hmm. of been an ongoing thing. And you know, ultimately, there's like we, I've I've said this a million times probably. There's no blueprint as to how to handle any of this. Right. So as far as testing goes, it's it's just like everything else. You got to kind of work out the kinks and. Try mm-hmm. and move forward. So that's interesting.
2: Yeah, but good news for the Beekman Town School District basically means good news for at the other schools who are also implementing these measures. Like if they, God forbid, got a positive case, then the fingers crossed there would be no spread but if they're you know following those measures, socially distancing and adequate hand washing, spacing out students, that kind of thing. It should it should work. Yeah. Should yeah. Work.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, I was also just going to mention, SUNY Plattsburgh students held a say her name rally um, for Brianna Taylor. Mm-hmm. The, the court ruling came out last week, um, so they did that last Friday. And uh, from from what I understand, you know, everyone was wearing masks and doing their best to you know keep some distance from each other. So that was good to see. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and it's always good for the SUNY Plattsburgh community because sometimes they're on their own island I guess you could say to a certain extent so it's always good to see them kind of expressing themselves but ultimately they're part of the community yeah and it's always good to see things like that and when they can do something especially in 2020 peacefully uh with health you know protocols in place and everything else of that nature no complaints that's yeah that's that's a great thing to see
1: and I mean speaking of showing support for for things you you believe in there's actually a pride parade happening this weekend um in the city of Plattsburgh Uh, I think it's going to be a car parade okay um it's going to end with a drag show down at the Oval
0: interesting I think that's Mm -hmm.
1: yeah um so that should be pretty cool I guess you can sit in your car and watch some drag queens (laughs) dance and sing or lip sync whatever they do so nice nice. sounds
0: interesting yeah for sure yeah it'll be a lot of
2: fun and shifting gears a little bit to a more national level, over the weekend, uh, President Trump nomina- announced his nomination of Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Um, we had a kind of an analysis piece from two SUNY Plattsburgh professors about what her confirmation, if the Senate does go through with that, could mean. There's a lot of um, case law and uh, dis- upcoming decisions that this could impact. Um, talking about, from what I understand, um, she is like... Uh, She's been a very big fan of like religious freedom. Um, There are a lot of uh, upcoming decisions and case law that uh, could shift a little bit if she were to be confirmed because then there would be a solid 6-3 conservative majority on the court. Um, I spoke with um, Dr. Raymond Carman from SUNY Plattsburgh. He mentioned stuff like Roe v. Wade There's a ruling regarding the Affordable Care Act that's supposed to... Well, they're supposed to be hearing a case on the Affordable Care Act shortly after the election. Um, DACA's on the table. um, Issues surrounding marriage equality and discrimination protections for um, people who are part of the LGBTQ community, that kind of thing. So those are all um, kind of the different issues that are on people's mind when they're considering confirming another conservative Supreme Court justice. Mm -hmm. And um, that actually kind of came up during... The next topic I'm going to bring up, which was the presidential debate between President Donald Trump and Vice President Joe Biden. There was a debate? Oh, you didn't know? Oh, no, no, I did no <laughs> Yes, I, I watched the Even whole debate. Even the thing. sports guy knew about the debate. Yeah, I didn't yes, watch it. But. Uh, yes, I, I did watch the whole debate. Um, what I hear from a lot of people is like, well, with Dr. Harvey Shance, he's another SUNY Plattsburgh professor, one of our go to political analysts, so to speak. He called it the most aggressive debate he's ever seen, and I would have to agree with that. I have not seen nearly as many as he has, um, but there was a lot of interruption. I think Chris Wallace tried to do a really good job to kind of rein in both sides, both people, Um, but from what I understand, the organization that runs the debates is going to try to have some safeguards in place to prevent... um, kind of a lack of discourse or to at least maximize, try to maximize the discourse better. Um, So it's a lot more productive. I, I personally, I've talked to you guys about this before. I am particularly at the presidential level, not a huge fan of debates. I think it's, I don't think it's personally the best litmus test for who's going to be a good candidate just because you're never, you are very rarely, if ever going to be in a situation where you're up there by yourself, not having your advisors with you, having to, you know, can like make everything so concise into 30-second sound bites and that kind of thing. It just it doesn't seem to me to be a very productive way to help try to sway opinion, and I honestly don't think it does anyways. So, right. But I will watch them nonetheless and follow up on them as appropriate.
1: Can you yeah. um tell everybody what, what Dr. Harvey Chance is that, am I saying his name yes. correctly? Okay, can you tell everyone what he said about the lack of audience during this week's debate? Oh, yes, he said...
2: Um, that they didn't really need a big studio audience because they fed off of their mutual contempt of each other. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, yeah, that tells you in some kind of how it went down. Yeah, I
1: think, think. think that's a good way to, to, yeah, to sum that up like you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was going to talk about city news. If, if that yeah, was sure. Okay. sure. Yeah. 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 okay, so just going off of what we talked about from last week, um, the annexation meeting did happen last Thursday. Um, we heard from people on both sides of the issue, and from what I understand right now, the board, the town board, and the um, City of Plattsburgh Common Council had 90 days after that meeting was held to make their determination on whether or not to allow the annexation to go through. Um, if, they, if their votes don't end up aligning at the end of the day, so if one votes yes, one votes no, um, then it will be up to the state to decide about that. Um, so we're on hold with that situation right now. Um, last week, the city council approved the second phase of Saranac River Trail, which was um, on the line for a little bit of time. It was actually disapproved the week before, appeared again on the week uh, the week after on their agenda, um, <laughs> and it was approved that time. Um, and also last week, the city okayed some money to go f- to pay the. Uh, Zoning Board of Appeals attorney that they hired in the spring, um, that was an issue for a little while too, and they just finally let that money go through, so now hopefully the Zoning Board can continue its review of the Durkee Street project, uh, but we won't know until their meeting at the end of this month.
0: So there was, there was just from what you said to my understanding, there was actually a good amount of progress in a lot of different things this week compared to probably some others.
1: Yeah, I would say so.
0: Yeah, yeah, that actually sounds like there was some movement rather than people just kind of seeing where things are and feeling people out that's good to hear
1: yeah that is good um and tonight you know they're actually looking at adding two more members to their policing panel which is that review panel that's looking at the the policing policies and stuff in the city of plattsburgh so yeah Mm -hmm. that's good too
0: that's interesting that's interesting anything else going on yeah actually
2: you were talking about the city's law enforcement review panel i was going to touch base about the clinton county law enforcement review committee well, it did not happen last week. My story was finally written last week on the, fir- <laughs> on the first public meeting that they held. So, um, uh, former Judge McGill, he's now the Area Eight legislator. He chairs the Clinton County Law Enforcement Review Committee, and he his thought process was to first have the Clinton County Sheriff's mm-hmm. Department, because um, any entity, any municipality in the state of New York that has a law enforcement uh, agency has to review their policies and everything, and then submit a, you know, an improvement plan by um, April 1st, which is, you know, when budget goes, the next budget goes into effect and all Mm -hmm. that fun stuff. Um, So, the story came out regarding that meeting. Um, I would say Sheriff David Favreau and his major, Nicholas Leon, focused largely on um, what they already do to engage with the community. Everyone knows they have, like, their DARE programs, their car seat checks, um, Project Lifesaver, I'm going to miss some. I'm sure there were like a couple dozen that he mentioned. And they also focused a lot on the use of force policy as well, um, which they said, um, uh, like, kind of mirrored much of what was in state law already. So Mm -hmm. they're trying to be accredited. So they use that to inform all of the policies that they kind of put in place. Um, And one of the big kind of uh, soundbitey type things that I believe Sheriff Favreau said is he believes defunding the police is ridiculous. And as you I'm sure you guys are well aware that's kind of been something that kind of comes up a lot when we're talking about police reform and that broader conversation is happening. So um, that was interesting. There's an article on it on our website, and it it ran in the paper last week if you guys want to check it out. And you can also check out the full meeting if you are interested as a county constituent through Hometown Cable. We link to that as well.
0: Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, mean, like you said, that's a pretty attention-grabbing thing. Yes. For him to for him to speak about you know defunding the police and that was I believe that was the headline wasn't it or in some capacity it was pretty much right yep. at the top for that yep. story. Yes, so. yes it was. So. Yeah, that's that that grabs your attention.
2: Yep, yeah. absolutely. So, but I think uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how that conversation evolves. Um, I've been in touch with Judge McGill. He's told me that towards mid to late October is when they're going to have their next meeting. And that, I believe, is where the public can kind of start to give feedback and ask questions directly of the sheriff's department. And then so can the committee as well. So
0: interesting. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I was just going to segue back to debate conversations. Um, The city of Plattsburgh mayoral candidates had a debate earlier this week. It was Mm -hmm. on NBC5. Um, I just ran a story about it. I believe it was in today's paper. Um, I'm just going to, you know, shout out that Chris Rosenquist and Scott Beebe, um, pretty similar on on a lot of issues going on in the Lake City. So it's going to, I, my feeling is it might be a tight race this year. Um, But I did just want to say too, next, early next week, there's going to be another debate between the two of them um, on Mountain Lake PBS. So if you didn't get the chance to watch the first one, or you still want to keep track of what's going on with the two candidates, you can catch that on their channels next week as well.
0: It is nice to see, obviously, these two are going, Against each other, yeah. but it's nice to see that it's not going all haywire off the wall. It seems like both are kind of really targeting, like, you know, boosting the city of Pottsburgh in different ways. And it's not really going at each other as much mm-hmm. as it does seem like both of them have a goal-oriented I think you know, process moving forward.
1: Yeah, and, and I think part of that stems from the fact that these two candidates have both been out in the community engaging with them and talking to people mm-hmm. for months now, um, and I think that that's just showing you what the community is asking for and they're listening, so I yeah. think that's why they align. It's refreshing to see
0: it, too, because obviously what's going on at the national level, um, yeah. it's a lot different, so that's good to see.
1: Yeah, it is good. Yeah, so I So I think, you know, when people go to cast their ballots in November, they're going to have to really look at their past experiences is kind of a whatever whichever they think would bring um the best candidate forward because like I said a lot of their a lot of things they want to do are very similar
0: with how tight-knit of a race it is right now do you think that like Kara said um the the debates at the national level might not she Kara said she didn't feel that it might hold as much value but do you feel it might be a little bit different McKenzie on this this local level Given, think, how, given how tight the race seems to be.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that actually opens up a broader question, something that I've been thinking about personally a lot lately, is just how political parties affect local government, and mm-hmm. do they impact local government, and should they even be mentioned when you're discussing local government? Because it's not really a matter of being a Republican or a Democrat, in my opinion, on the local level like that, just because... Those aren't the issues that you're dealing with. You're not dealing with issues where people are, are split in that in that way. Um, you're looking more at human interest things and what the community is asking for, and I just, I don't know. So, yeah, I think I think it does make a bigger difference on a yeah, local level. That's the kind debates. of the
0: way I was, it was a little bit of a rhetorical question, but, yeah, that's kind of the way I saw it was this, these debates might actually hold a little bit more of a purpose than some yeah. others might even in past years.
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: because at the local level, you're actually more likely to, Meet the person that you're voting for and like know them as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like debates, local debates, can kind of contribute to that.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we were
2: going to kick it to Joey for sports.
0: Just a little (laughs) sports update. So we actually actually have some games coming up this week. Um, So Section 7 released uh, its first slate of soccer and cross country meets, uh, soccer games and cross country meets uh, for this Friday and Saturday. Uh, we got Northeastern Clinton at Shazy Girls on Friday. Uh, we got Willsboro at Mariah Girls for soccer on Friday. Um, then a slate of games on Saturday Lake Placid at Willsboro, Shazy at Saranac for girls soccer. And then there's more soccer games next week, but we'll worry about that next week. And then for boys soccer, there's Shazy at Northeastern Clinton at 7 p.m. I would put a little star next to that game. I think that's going to be a really good game. You got Shazy who went to the uh, Final Four last year. Um, obviously, Shazy is very well known in, in for their boys' program um, of winning state championships. Um, Northeastern Clinton has a lot of good athletes as well. Um, they're always somebody to look out for, so I'm really excited to see how that game's going to go. Um, Saturday, there's Willsboro at Lake Placid Boys. And then same thing, like I said, there's more games on Tuesday. And then for cross country, uh, they're kicking off their season on Saturday for both boys and girls. We got Seton Catholic at Northeastern Clinton mm-hmm. at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Kara's alma mater, same mm-hmm. with mine. <laughs> and then uh, we got Mariah, uh, Mar- the combination of Mariah Boquette at Saranac at 2 p.m. on Saturday as well. So nice to see after all of the absurd <laughs> planning that we actually have some games. I'm um, very excited. I am very excited to actually write about games rather than write about, oh, there could be a possibility of games. We don't know. Oh, we don't know who's going to opt in. We don't know who's going to opt out. It's good to know that there's actually going to be some concrete sports coming up for this weekend. So I will kind of hopefully and continue to stay in my little sports circle and mm-hmm. be in my little candy store of of the sports world. Yes. So. Yeah. Excited to say excited to see this to say the least. I am I don't think I've been as excited to go and cover a soccer game on Friday as I probably am this year. Um yes. pretty excited to see that. And I'm sure for, you, for your for guys' perspective too, I mean I you know, it's not like you guys are covering sports, but I'm sure it's kinda nice to see that too, just because it's more it's just a sign of normalcy. And right. and I think that's every sign of normalcy we can have in this bizarre time that we're in, the better.
2: Yes. So I would say, you know, keep wearing a mask, social distance, keep sports going for your kids, but also for Joey. Yes, (laughs) just saying. It's all for me. No, no, it's not.
0: I'm just really happy for the kids, too. I mean, because they need it. Mental health wise, it's such a huge Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just obviously physical fitness, that type of thing, too. That's huge. And just, you know, being with being with your friends, being with your teammates, working together. It's all part of things as a young adult that leads to bigger things down the road. Um, I played sports my, my entire childhood, growing up all the way through high school, um, and Same. it it it's it helps you out. I mean, it, it, you know, the social skills, different things of that nature, just work ethic, things like that, it's important. And those yeah. are the things that kind of go underrated. So I'm really looking forward to seeing sports, and I'm happy that uh, a lot of student-athletes are going to have the chance to actually do that. So,
1: And uh, props to those cross-country kids out there running with masks on. Yeah. That sounds... I mean, yeah. The one, rough. the one,
0: the yeah. one thing I will say is at least it's not like super super hot. That's, um, that's I feel fair. like I feel like that might help a little. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not easy no, by any no. means, but I was thinking about that the other day. Is at least it's not like ninety degrees out right now. Yeah. Um, because I man that that would stink. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see how it goes. It will definitely be a little bit weird. Um, but historically too, it'll be interesting down the road to look back in time and see soccer games and kids with masks on cross country meets, kids with masks on. It's going to look weird, but we're going to remember a quite eerie time, I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but other than that, what we have coming up is a little chat with Ben Rowe and Jolo Templio. We're going to talk about the Plattsburgh Air Force Base a little bit because we just had a, fe- we had a couple feature stories about the base closure, which happened uh, just recently, 25 years ago. And um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to go a little bit more into the presidential political debate. Can't wait to hear what Jolo has to say about that. And I think we'll go from there. But otherwise, we will uh, take a break, and we'll be back. And we are back. Editor in chief Joe Latempio, night editor Ben Rowe, Joey Lafranca, still with you. We are uh, here for a little bit of a chat, guys. How we doing? Good, buddy. How are you?
3: Not bad, Ben. I got to match Joe's energy. I'm doing good, Joey.
0: <laughs> I love it. Every week, every week it's like that. You didn't say Joey bats this week, though. Joey bats. There we go. That's oh, better. Yeah. That's better. What? It, like we don't really we we have Ben has the nickname of Maestro, but we we never call him that. I think we need to give him something that actually sticks.
4: Uh, well, sometimes I call him Royal Highness.
0: Royal. <laughs> Highness.
3: Okay. What did, what did um? Oh, what did Nate used to call me? He used to say um Ben
0: ah. Oh. Got to think of that. That's inside baseball, though. It's inside <laughs> baseball. I, before we get into anything, I have to tell you, I had I brought a very simple uh, little dinner, lunch, whatever type of time you want to call it today. Meal and and yeah, just a meal basically. Meal number two of the day, I guess I'll call it. I just had some nice tomato soup with some Ritz crackers. Ooh. Delightful. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Was it the Progresso kind? No, with it, the crackers on top? No, 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 no. It was actually just straight straight up. I'm not going fancy today or anything. I, it was just Campbell's. Mm. I, I cooked it a early, earlier today, put it in a thermos, brought it in today. Just nice with some Ritz crackers. It was... It just... That hits the spot sometimes. It's, it's,
4: we are now... I think it's safe to say we are now in soup season. Oh, That's yeah. It's true. There's, uh, no, there's no doubt yeah, about
0: it. It's good stuff. I had soup for lunch. Yeah, it, it just hits the spot. It's calm, relaxes you a little bit. I'm ready for like the rest of the day now. Yeah. Yesterday, I had my first hot
3: coffee in ages. And cold, rainy day, nice hot coffee.
0: You like,
4: took advantage of free coffee
0: day. I did.
3: I
4: told <laughs> Which you actually, about.
0: Yes. I told them about told free him. coffee. <laughs> I told them about it, and no, I didn't go. No, did you? Did you? Mm-hmm. And do you still have, have you used up the gift card that Ben and I got Long you a little while ago? Not so. <laughs> well, that went, that, that went to good use,
3: though. Having a Dunkin' Donuts on your commute is very handy, I will say.
4: <laughs> yes, uh, for myself, I'm usually there by mine up in the west end, by the um, uh, up across from CV Tech. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh, uh, that one's a good one. You, I'm usually there about 9.15 or so, and it's hit or miss. If there's eight cars in front of me, I'm not mm-hmm. stopping. No, yeah, there's there's it no... It can be busy.
0: If you... When when you go to Dunkin' Donuts, do you ever actually go inside, or are you strictly a drive-thru guy? Rarely. Yeah. Rarely. I don't know the last time I actually went in a Dunkin' mm-hmm. Donuts. Mm-hmm. I, I think the last time might have been when... Oh, jeez. I mean, I had to get, like, a bunch of donuts, and I was like, oh, let me get a variety, and I, and I said, oh, let me go in and actually, like, look at what donuts they have. Yeah. And I, that was a while ago, but... I think Dunkin' Donuts has to be one of the places that they can't have many people go inside. It's almost weird to well, go sometimes inside. Sometimes I
4: wonder. If there, sometimes if there's a long line of, line of cars, like I say, it might be quicker to just to park in
3: Yeah,
0: because they don't. it's not like they want you to wait in line or anything. They yeah. probably want to be like, oh, yeah, we'd probably get this. Because they actually have to look at you for a little while. You know, <laughs> If you're in your car,
3: it's not as big of a deal. Life what? hack: Order through the drive-through, park, and then go in and demand your <laughs> drive-through order. I like that. That's no, actually, don't do that, folks. That's, that's, <laughs> not, that's not a bad idea. What's
0: your What's your go-to flavor for coffee, then?
3: Um, honestly, I keep it pretty simple. Is that I, my mom, she gave me is that the hasten that three creams, two sugars. Oh, that perfect sounds good. formula. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I, I could do that. Normally, I get regular coffee, uh, cream and sugar, which is four and four.
0: Okay. That's not bad. I always like, French vanilla is my favorite. I never have sugar in my coffee though. And just a little bit of cream. Or as my grandma always said, a little scotch, a little scotch mm-hmm, of cream. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's about it. I, I like it a little, a little stronger. Um, I don't like to put a lot of sugar in it, but I just like the natural kind of flavor.
4: One of these days I'll get to campus and go to Tim Hortons and get a double-double.
0: Yeah, I my uh,
4: favorite thing. You get the ice cap at Tim Hortons. Yes, <laughs> yeah, the was... ice
0: caps at Tim Hortons. <laughs> I had a lot of those in college. My mm-hmm. routine on the day where I was working at Cardinal Points, the college newspaper at Plattsburgh, my routine the day when we would do the pages, I would have, it was actually a brutal day. I had an 8 a.m. class. So then after that, went to Tim Hortons. Okay, Then I came back, got coffee, uh, a cinnamon bun, then came back into the office at Cardinal Points, did some pages, then I had class from like 12 to 3 o'clock pretty much that day. Then I would go to Subway and get something there, and then I would is come back. Is there Subway on campus? Yeah. Oh. I don't know if there is now. I actually heard that there... I, I was reading Cardinal Points actually last week, and I don't know if Subway's gone now, or they still have that? Yeah. Um But yeah, it was in... Um, it was... What did it used to be? It's where... Uh, what is that building called? The Angel Center. Well, yeah, it's the Angel Center, but it's the little so as you're kind of walking, so you walk into the main lobby of Angel College Center, yeah. You go right, but well, there's
3: Feinberg Library down there,
0: yeah. You head toward Feinberg Library, but it's kind of before that, and that's that's oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. The um, no, no, no. So you face it with you face, I know the what you're talking about.
4: Okay, that used to be the point,
0: yes, okay.
4: That's where the bar was. Uh-huh. Can you... And there was a cafeteria there. too.
0: We, we were not planning to talk about this, but when you were at Fostering State, what was it like to actually have a bar on campus? It was
4: awesome. <laughs> it was right... It was literally right in the middle of campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you would uh, go to the library, do your studying on your way back to the dorm, walk right by the bar. Uh drinking age was 18 when I was there, and mm-hmm. the bars were open till 4 in the morning. Uh, so if you wanted to have a late-night drink, <laughs> <laughs> it was right there. And Cardinal Points, speaking of that, when you got done um, with the pages, head mm-hmm. downstairs. There you, now, there you it, go. There you go. What a world. Yeah. It so, was amazing.
0: So my routine in college on the days where I'd be putting the papers together would be Uh, Tim Hortons in the morning, Subway in the afternoon, and then part of the deal that was at Cardinal Points, one of the advertisers was um, Bazzano's, so we would always get pizza from Bazzano's. So I had a very healthy eating day when we would be putting the paper together. Oh, yes. Combination of Tim Hortons, Subway, and pizza. (laughs) It was good. Well,
3: before I lose this good segue that I've been thinking of, is the fact that, speaking of back in the day, back in the Air Force day, which 25 years ago today... Officially closed for good. Back when the Air Force base was open, were there commercial chain restaurants on the base, or was that not a thing that happens
4: on military bases? Like, was there the Dunkin' Donuts or whatnot? No. Um, like I, I think we talked about this a little before. The base was unto itself. It was its own community. Um, anything they had for stores and stuff uh, was all military brand. They called the, I think it was the PX they had were a grocery store basically and it was for the military per- personnel and their dependents dirt cheap um, but normal people civilians could go and shop at it no oh okay no, it was for <laughs> military only Darn it um, and they had their own pharmacy they had their own movie theater Whoa. Um, bowling alley um, rec center and all that stuff um, but it wasn't for the general public. Um, but I'm pretty sure there were no uh, commercial restaurant oh, chains. And
3: the movie theater turned into one of the seat buildings, isn't it? Or is no,
4: that... no. It's a little <laughs> bit further down from that. It's an old brick building.
3: Yeah, it
0: actually, for the longest time, it actually still said... You could see a faint white, the white paint that actually said movie. I think it said movies or theater or something yeah. of that nature. It's more it's closer to where the wellness center is right. it. it was across the street from the wellness center right before the bu- the long line of bushes start down i can that picture road. that uh-huh. i think it's i think that's what new york road yes um so yeah and it's on the so if you're headed um more into like where the base would be if you're headed towards seeing catholic it's on your left hand side uh, i know that the there's the ghost
3: tours around town <laughs> um where you can kind of go and explore history it would be neat to have like a history tour of going back to the base, which they do. They do um, have actually one of the ghost tours over at the base where they talk a little bit about the military cemetery, the ghosts there, some of the ones at the old stone barracks, some of the ghosts there. But it would be really cool to, like, have just a history one with, say, this building 50 years ago used to be a movie theater, (laughs) and this building used to be a swimming pool building, and that kind of thing. You know (laughs) what else used to
4: be a movie theater is, um, you know where Norma Jays is? Yes, uh huh. That building was a movie theater. Whoa. <laughs> oh, that's not cool. a I didn't know that. <laughs> Skyway Movie Theater.
0: Interesting. Yeah, so we wanted to literally talk about the, the Plattsburgh Air Force Base a little bit, and Joe's the best resource, obviously, for it. You, you lived through it. Um, well, as what, I recall, Joe said that on the day of the closure,
3: it was actually one of your days off.
4: Well, the actual the ceremony day was. They had yeah. the ceremony, I think it was the day before. Uh Um,
0: Your chair is so squeaky.
4: Sorry. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, it was 25 years ago um, today that it was officially closed. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, you're referencing. In today's newspaper, we had a package of stories about the closure and what's happened since. Um, There was some good reading, some good stuff in there. We had former Congressman John McHugh... Uh, former Congressman Bill Owens, uh, Gary Douglas, of course, and some people, the former wing commander, Colonel Malandrino, mm-hmm. Robin the interview. That was a very interesting read. I remember him when he was here in charge of the FB 111s. Um, and I remember at the time the community was frazzled. What do we do? Mm-hmm. We're going to lose this huge asset, all these people, all these resources. How are we going to recover? How are we going to rebuild? Well, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember at the time, some a lot of people were saying, this isn't a one or two year process. It's going to take 20, 25 years. And here we are 25 years later, <laughs> and we have been largely way ahead of schedule. I mean, that base was mostly developed within 10 years, yeah. 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Um, and you know, in the last ten years or so, it, it's there's been other improvements going on, but the bulk of it was absorbed and absorbed well, uh, very rapidly. There's, well, only, there's
0: only a couple parcels of land that are still not owned by anything. They're they're still trying to sell a couple parcels, but everything else is pretty much sold, right? Pretty much. I mean, they made
4: good use <clears throat> of uh, what was out there um, with, between the city, the town, and the county. Sure. Um, what was it that last year, the year before part kind of dissolved?
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So they said our work here is done in more or less.
4: I think there's a uh, uh, Bruce Steadman is technically still in charge of it and the only probably the only employee left, Mm -hmm. but it's it's pretty much dissolved.
3: No, and I always like um, you know, airbase coverage and also the park and that kind of thing is that fact that as you're saying Joe is that to look at it in the wide picture it is a story of resilience and it's a story of you know being afraid of something but working through it and you and so of course you know right now we're faced with a, a scary situation with COVID and the local economic repercussions and national repercussions but that yeah doing look back reading the papers back there to say the mood was yeah, you know, terrified, apocalyptic. People are like, this is got to radically, this is going to change the whole town. Yeah.
4: <laughs> what it, do we got to do? <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was um, very frightening. And I remember early on, because you also had all these government regulations surrounding a base closure mm-hmm. and how it is supposed to unfold, and that kind of was like COVID because those kept changing, it seemed <laughs> week to week. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the things was um, disadvantaged peoples had first crack, and the Mohawks over in uh, uh, Aquasasni stepped forward and said, "Hey, you know that's us. We we want we want to look at this." And they made a serious pitch for absorbing or obtaining the property because they wanted to do a big casino resort here. and uh, That, that was, would have been really interesting. <laughs> that was a hot topic for a while, and then it, it fizzled, never went anywhere. Art Lefebvre, the former town of Plattsburgh supervisor mm. for decades, was strongly supporting uh, getting state or federal prisons out there uh, because, you know, the area is has a lot of prisons. It's a prison economy to some degree.
0: Right.
4: He felt that this would be great. That was shot down quickly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this newspaper uh, strongly editorialized saying, no, we don't need any more prisons. Um, there was a Hasidic Jewish community yeah. from near New York City that had designs on some of the property. Um, and that was, uh, they came up here. I remember I met with them. They came up here a couple times. Um, so there was a lot of things swirling around and uncertainty as to how this whole thing was going to unfold. Eventually, um, the company, I think they are called Select Group. They are from the North Pacific Northwest. They came in and they did Lake Country Village. That's the housing mm-hmm. on the um, new base portion, which is now the city. Um, and then we had development of the big brownstones, the beautiful big brownstones on mm-hmm. the oval. Those are nice. Yeah, um, were were sold and developed, and then there was you know the old officers' club was torn down, and some condos were built there. So there's been a widespread uh, uh, use of the properties out there over the years by a lot of people who you know invested
0: and took advantage. What was your craziest when the base was running? What was the craziest thing you ever covered that pertained to the base? At the base, yeah. I would say the
4: most memorable. Yeah, was memorable. Yeah, anything like in, that. In, um, of course, in uh, I'll never forget this <laughs> August second, nineteen ninety. That date in history should ring out to many people. It was the day Saddam Hussein, Iraq, invaded Kuwait, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that kicked off what. Pretty much still going on today. Mm -hmm. uh, Turmoil in the Middle East. And we were on the base. There was a bunch of media there for uh, some event on the base. And when word happened, it was like a red alert. Because military facility. Sure. A war started, pretty much. Um, They scrambled everything. And they got us off there quickly. Um, And then we're like, okay. (laughs) This is serious. Yeah. Um, And then... That the the buildup was set for um, the invasion of Iraq by the U.S. forces, which Plattsburgh Air Force Base personnel were part of. Yeah. And in early '91, a lot of these guys were deploying, and the Air Force Media Public Affairs invited the media out to cover the departure and to see these these military personnel say goodbye to their families, yeah, their wives, husbands, and kids. That was tough. I mean, they were going off to war. Mm -hmm. And there was obviously crying, hugging, and uncertainty. And we covered that. And that was like, whoa. Was this all
0: like the same day? No, 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 no. Okay. Okay.
4: this was, you know, after, a culminate. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's but, what I thought you meant. Like I was I said, like, I, d-
0: I didn't know how quickly it all developed. Desert Storm, right. and Desert Shield, Desert yep.
4: Shield, Desert Storm. Okay. So early ninety one, and then the war ended pretty quickly. Yeah. And. But well, there was no guarantee of that. so for No those service no. members. It, it, exactly. Yeah, you can't. It's it's, okay. You can't predetermined. <laughs> and and I remember every ago. day because um, <laughs> when the war started, I think it was January fifteenth in ninety one. Because uh, President Bush had set a deadline. And I happened to get, I was 29 years old, and mm-hmm. I happened to get the chicken pox. Oh. <laughs> I had never had chicken pox I chicken kid. Pox. That's miserable. So, and, and Lois Claremont was the news editor at the time. She was pregnant. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and you can't be around somebody pregnant if you have the chicken pox. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So I had to stay home for a week. And the first day I was home was when the war started. And CNN was basically covering the war, so I stayed home and watched the war. <laughs> uh-huh. It was the first time they showed video of you know tracers, missiles, uh-huh. <laughs> right? And it was fascinating. And um, I remember the guy in the General Schwarzkopf was oh, the yeah, head, uh-huh. head of the U.S. forces. He would have these military, these briefings, uh, media briefings every day, and the guy holding the mic, boom. Was Casey Mahan, Lieutenant Mahan, from Plattsburgh Air Force Base, public affairs? So I saw him on TV. Every day. That's Casey. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, That's a surreal moment. <laughs> it was funny, and the um, there was one case during the I mean, war. It was a short war, and we the U.S. forces took care of business pretty quickly. And but there was one case where a Scud missile from Iraq hit a. Uh, hangar a military hangar where a bunch of air force personnel were sleeping and a bunch of them got killed Mm -hmm. and uh, a month or two later when the war ended and the troops returned home we also went out to the base to cover that and that was very emotional these guys coming home to their families safe and one of the guys happened to be in that barracks that got hit and he was fine, but he lost a lot of friends, and he just broke down. Mm-hmm. And, and it was horrible. It was uh, really difficult to uh, think to cover um, after returning from war and experiencing that. Um, so those are some of the things I will remember from covering things at the airbase. And also, anytime we had to go out on the flight line, we froze our butts off. <laughs> it was so cold
0: out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because there's no, there's no. I mean. Overall, there's mountains, but just in that area, I can imagine the, the wind would oh, whip. it's terrible. It's terrible.
4: <laughs> can you imagine being uh, assigned to a post out there? Oh, they had these these like little stations. Yeah, like, or, guard They probably
0: town. wanted to set up fires next to each one of them or something. Twelve-hour shifts. <laughs> a space heater's not going to do anything there. No. Oh
4: my goodness. That's wow. that's crazy. If that's Robin about that.
0: Um, the one you mentioned the chain restaurant things, they didn't have. I mean, I might sound silly here. They didn't have the Pizza Hut back then? Wasn't, yeah, wasn't
4: that's not on base property.
0: Oh, oh okay. So, But it was close. Okay, never yeah. mind then. Yeah, because yeah. I was thinking, wasn't that kind of there because of the base? Probably. To a certain, to a certain extent. Okay. And
4: did I mention, was it on this show a week or so ago, uh, about the Domino's Pizza Drivers?
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, the ones that... I think,
4: but refresh my memory. Yeah. It might have been in a briefing I was talking about. Yeah, I don't think you mentioned it. Yeah. Military personnel, you know, they would call Domino's. They wanted a pizza. Yep. And the drivers would have to go out and, you know, get a pass to get on base. Mm-hmm. And... If the speed limit on the base property was 25 miles an hour, and you went 25.2 miles an hour, you were getting a ticket. Really? They pulled, military police pulled everybody over. <laughs> the MPs. And the Domino's guys hated it. They hated going out there. Yeah.
0: It's like it's like going into the abyss.
4: Well, remember back then, the Domino's was 30 minutes or less?
0: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you get a free
4: pizza? Well, they're in a hurry. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I didn't. Yeah, I can. Can you imagine how many upset pizza drivers? Yeah.
4: So but I'm sure a bunch of them said, no, "I forget. I ain't delivering out there.
0: No pizza. No pizza for you." Either. That's 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 really funny. But yeah,
4: hearing about the
3: um the departures and the deployments and that kind of thing, it's it's interesting to think how much the military is part of the culture of Plattsburgh back then. Oh yeah. And it's just the fact that 25 years off, you know, you still get a lot of that. I think, I imagine, and Joe could probably speak to this. That probably plays a large role in just North Country friendliness, but probably plays a large role in how much honor flight is supported around here. It's just that we have a culture of supporting
4: the military and supporting veterans. No question. When I go to the honor flight ceremonies, I see a lot of people from those early Air Force days. Um, One of them uh, um, from Peru, uh, Jackie uh, Alaguchi. Okay. Um, uh, she was married to a, a guy um, that was deployed and I met her at the return ceremony and I interviewed her and uh, she used to work at Hannaford and I'd see her there and we chat and then her kids played soccer with, well not my kids but my wife's team mm-hmm. and I would see her um, around town and I just, last fall I saw her at all the honor flights. Interesting. And she was a base uh, dependent, and she, you know, meant a lot to her. And you know, like many others, they would show up and, and show their
0: support. I have a, uh, it's, it's a, certainly a dark humor um, honor flight story. So when I was a junior in college, um, part of my college experience was not only journalism, I had a minor in public relations. And one of the classes that I had to take uh, was a public relations campaign class. Mm -hmm. It was over two semesters. So one semester, we would do planning for like a certain campaign. And the next semester, we would execute the plan from what everything we had strategized. Our client was Honor Flight. Now, early in the first semester, they uh, they were honoring Honor Flight members at City Hall. They had a lot of them lined up. They were honoring them in different capacities and whatnot. And as part of the class, we were not only doing a little event to kind of help them out, but also uh, we were interacting with a lot of these veterans for the first time. And I was talking to a couple of them. And then I was talking to a World War II veteran who was alive still at the time, and I was chatting with him, and he had all these badges, a lot of different badges, which was really cool. So, you know, when you go up to somebody like that, you're trying to find different conversation things to talk about. And I was like, oh, let me talk to this guy about, because nobody was really talking to him, so I kind of felt bad. So I went up to him, and I was like, where are all those badges? Tell me about these. And he's like, oh, this one's about this, and this one's about that. And I said, what about that one? And he goes, he looks me dead in the eyes. I've never been more terrified in my life as somebody spoke to me. He goes, oh, I got that off a German soldier. He wasn't going to need it anymore. Mm. And I said, alright, cool, cool. You just told me you killed the guy. Alright. So, there's my uh, little mm-hmm. Honor Flight story. But, I look at that as, um, like I said, a little bit of dark humor. Cause I was not, it was more funny because I did not expect him to say that. Uh-huh. Um, but, it speaks to the reality of the situation and there's a reason why these guys are being honored. Um, you know, they, they did a lot for the country in a lot of different capacities.
4: Yeah. I mean old war stories, old army stories, uh they they're usually pretty riveting and fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that guy seems like he probably had a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. And again, and that's
3: one of the reasons why going to those events, you know, prior to the takeoffs, the veterans are just wandering about usually and you can, you know, go up and thank you for your service, you know, nice to meet you and Maybe hear some, yeah, some stories. And yeah. So, yeah, so as, you know, as I'm sure Joe and Joey and everyone here would say, you know, yeah, check out the flight
0: ceremonies. Yeah, it's, re- it's really cool.
4: Yeah, and, 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 you know, we talked in one of the stories, we talked about the Oval. Um, the Oval is a unique and pretty cool piece of property, mm-hmm. if you ask me. It's, it's this big uh, parade ground. That was um, it was that's what it was used for dress parades for the military, which were quite impressive. Mm-hmm. All these guys in uniform marching. Uh, they used to be that was pretty cool. Um, but it's a it's a wonderful piece of property for the city to absorb. Um, mm-hmm. So much goes on out there, mm-hmm. um, including honor flight and sports and sure uh, and those beautiful houses out there.
3: Oh, yeah, and not every community has a nice um, display ground like that to hold an event. I know the, the Back the Blue rally a couple months ago was held there yeah. and, you know, all kinds of different things. So, yeah, you're right. That's a, a nice piece of property there. So When
4: the city first took over the property, uh, Kelly King was the recreation director at the time, and he wanted to install, like, four baseball fields, two mm-hmm. soccer fields, and a whole bunch of uh, athletic fields.
0: Yeah.
4: Um on the on the area, and uh, I thought, how can you, how you gonna, how can you fit all that in? He's like, oh, there's a lot more room than you think out there. Hmm. Um, all these baseball fields, and he showed me the diagrams, and it would have worked. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they have soccer. and I think they play lacrosse out there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they and have their, there's and, power football
0: yeah. that type of thing. Um,
3: but leaving it open is a a smart move because then all kinds of people can use it. So yeah. yeah.
4: You can fly a kite if you want. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> That's a random example, but yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you
4: got against kites, Ben, ben
3: I've never got
0: out there and seen anybody flying kites. <laughs> I've seen people fly kites That's out there. Right, it so I think yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good windy area. Yeah. <laughs> All right, one more Plattsburgh Air Force Base question. Most bizarre thing that ever happened in terms of coverage that you can remember? Uh, at the base, yes, pertaining to yeah your anything you covered at the base, most bizarre thing you can think of that you had to that, that you had to deal with only
3: happen on a military base The
0: only
4: thing I can think of is one time uh, you know they used to have the guard check maybe we talked about this mm-hmm. somebody attacked the guard check mm-hmm. oh yes, no apparent reason, yeah, um other than that uh I'm trying to think off the top of my head, uh. Every um so often they would uh, burn off some fuel on the flight line and there was this huge black cloud over the flight oh, line. Oh, interesting. And everybody in town would freak out, Oh the base is on fire
0: <laughs> <laughs> No no just, just oh, okay. JP4. Control, control
3: burn JP four.
0: Control controlled burn. They've
3: chosen the new Pope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it
0: seems like. That's, that's interesting. I had I had one thing that I wanted to mention, too. So my I went to high school at Seton Catholic, and I have no idea if this is true to this day, but it was always like a rumor that went around, and some people said, oh, I went down in it, blah, 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 this and that. What they were talking about was, obviously in some of the buildings on the base, there were bomb shelters, and... There is a apparently according to some people there, there's a bomb shelter in the Seton Catholic building. Guess what room it's in? Of all the rooms. The principal's office. N- nope. Think think Seton Catholic. Some kind of a the, confession room. Yeah, the the sure. chapel. It's in the chapel, apparently. <laughs> and I always laughed about that. I guess it people said it was each each room, um, because at one point Seton was like a it was an elementary type of building. So each room actually had a bathroom. Right, right. And it's apparently, there's like this, I, allegedly, like a door in the bathroom. I, 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 if anybody <laughs> from Seton is going to listen to this, they're all, they're all going to go, oh, let's go to the chapel. Let's look at this. But um, apparently there's that there, and I always kind of laughed at that, that of all the, of all the places in, the, in a building, it's in the chapel.
4: Um, I, I've never seen that, but they used yeah. to have the alert facility. Out on the flight line, where during the Cold War, uh, they had to be ready at all times in case Russia dropped a bomb or something. Right. And they would have the jets on the runway 24 hours a day, idling, ready to go. And the crews were in the flight line, which was this really weird-shaped building next to the flight line. And it had these long tunnels. Um that used to run out to the flight line from this building, and they were on duty like 24 hours. The crews would be in there, and they didn't do anything because there was never... Van, they needed to go. Thank God. <laughs> um, <laughs> supposedly, during a, a crisis like that, they had to keep enough tankers, gas tankers, in the air, strategically located around the world, to keep Air Force One in flight for six months. Oh, oh wow. wow. Can, awesome. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, who knows, It's probably <laughs> bogus. That's well. totally <laughs> insane. But, uh, so these guys were in the alert facility, and then when the base closed, the city wanted to do something with the alert facility. They were thinking of moving MLD out there. And we, they had a tour of the building, and it was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it was full of mold. Oh, it was horrible. Oh, no. uh, and I'm sure there was asbestos in whatever. That's in nasty. And those guys had to stay in there. <laughs> that
0: is nasty. And, yeah, it
4: was terrible because it was half underground and half above ground. Yeah. And it was just most of those Air Force buildings were crap. They were just, uh, I don't know, 1950s, uh-huh. uh, new wave at the time, uh, prefab stuff. And right. It was just garbage. Um,
3: again, that speaks to the challenges that were presented to the community. That, okay, you have all these weird buildings, <laughs> all in various states of disrepair. What do you got to do with them? So. Yeah, most of them
4: were junk. Um, uh-huh. Route 9, as you're going um, south on the city, you know where the reserve center is? Uh, vaguely on um, uh, U.S. Avenue. Yeah. Um, if you go by what is now the new Busters. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, I do know. It's um, across towards,
3: towards, more like that gated community. Or yeah, whatever. Those
4: that used to be what they called K-Part Housing. And it was terrible. It was a dump. <laughs> and whoever bought that got rid of all that, and they had this beautiful track of land, and they built all those brand-new houses. Oh, cool. That's cool. Uh, well,
0: it sounds like something that was an eyesore turned into something that's actually nice that people appreciate.
4: Yeah, and was much better. Uh,
0: but like I said, the best
4: part of the base was, I think, those brownstones, those uh-huh. old, uh, beautiful buildings. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you look around yeah. the
3: oval, yeah, it's just this beautiful property. Yeah. you the got um, the base chapel.
4: It's probably yes. actually looking
3: beautiful right about now. So it is. It <laughs> is. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Very popular spot for weddings and stuff. So
3: again, you know, I would segue to end this conversation with um the idea that, you know, again, twenty twenty, what a year, lots of uncertainty of what things are gotta look like post COVID. Yes. But um you know, Plattsburgh we've hunkered down before. We've gotten through the rough times and come out stronger, so hopefully we can do the same this time.
0: Yes, and to tease for next week. We teased it for this week. We adjusted things. We're going to do... We're Me and Ben are going to rank high school sports logos for next week. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to have that. All of this talk, I think one other thing that I would love to tell the story about is my trip last summer into a missile silo. Yes. I think that would be fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. So that will be coming up next week. Who knows what else will be coming up? Obviously, there is a lot of... Uh, political things going on. Um, ooh. Ooh. yes, yes. Ooh. <laughs> That yes. debate is still crushing our minds. Quick 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 mention of that. Joe, what was your thoughts on the debate?
4: Uh, what did Jake Tapper say? It was I have um, no idea. I did not he, watch he, the like he Three he, of them, yes. Uh, inside that. a dumpster fire, inside <laughs> yeah. a dumpster fire is my
3: favorite <laughs> yes. word just He's, in general. He, he said it was like yeah, like a dumpster on fire inside of a train in the train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it, it was, was. It was. But yes. It was something. Ben, what did you think? Um, I thought that it was <laughs> engaging
0: television. <laughs> engaging television, and I stuck in my little world of, of sports, so I didn't have to really. I think watch you that too probably much. made the wise choice. I think. I think honestly, I'm probably a genius <laughs> to do that. I did. I, as I was saying earlier, I did joke with Ben Rowe at one point, just abruptly in the newsroom. I said. Who's winning? And, and Ben just goes, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, moving forward, I'm sure we'll have a lot more talk about political stuff, also on the local scene as well, yep, yep. moving forward mm-hmm. from there. But I think... Uh, oh, did you know, by the way, at Kenny Drugs, Mallow Cups are on sale? Ooh, well, that's, that's a whole other bracket thing <laughs> that we can talk about. I think, yeah, I think we can have our little chat about <laughs> Halloween candy coming up, too. I was thinking about that. had a Crunch Bar today. I know you some people... T- yeah, oh, it was tremendous. It's, I'm telling you what was it they were overrated was that what somebody said oh yeah. that was what
3: John said John oh, the publisher John's yes. house, our, our <laughs> publisher he said that's yeah and he was
0: telling me that like we needed to like evaluate my childhood because I like crunch bars I mean that's the most absurd take I've ever heard it's just chocolate was like the rice crunchies that's it it filled with air So today I had a crunch. So for my little, like, you know, leper or whatever you want to call it, I had soup and a crunch bar. It was good. It was good.
4: Nothing wrong with
0: that. The diet of a journalist. The diet of of a journalist, (laughs) yes. But Joe, do you want to sign us off?
4: Well, boys, another good week. Thank you very much. And we wish everyone in the North Country and your families a little week sign off.